Hi, this is the very first Beyond the Byline podcast brought to you by News24. It's produced by Adspace Studio, which is News24's commercial content arm. And the reason that you're hearing from me, Jerusha Rath, and not uh, one of our journalists from the newsroom today is because Beyond the Byline is all about getting beyond the byline. Uh, We want to talk to the journalists and editors in our newsroom about themselves. They spend all their time telling stories on behalf of us. But who tells their stories? That's what we're doing in this series. And in our very first podcast episode, we're speaking to Herman Ilov. He's the lifestyle editor for News24. He's got so many cool things to say to us. Hi, Herman. Hey, Jersha. So it's so nice to uh, catch up with you again. We, uh, we, we haven't seen each other in a while. We haven't. We actually know each other IRL, um, <laughs> which is pretty cool. But for those who don't know you in real life, tell us a little bit um, just about who you are. Yeah, um, it's always weird to, uh, to be on this side of the, of the mic, having to uh, answer the questions. Um, not used to it, but... <laughs> Do you know, all of the journalists that we're speaking to are saying the exact same thing. And for every question we ask them, they ask us like 10 back. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, a uh, little bit about me. I am the lifestyle editor at uh, News24. Um, I look after, I always say I look after all the good, feel-good news at News24 because it's all about balance in life. Um, and, uh, yeah, I live in Cape Town and I am a big fan of Formula One. Uh, which I discovered three years ago through a Netflix series called Drive to Survive. And yes, I know the original OG F1 uh, fans uh, are rolling their eyes right now, but um, our new F1 uh, F1 newbies are, um, are into this. So yeah, that's me. You are like the fourth person to tell me to watch Drive to Survive. So I actually just need to go and do it. It's life-changing because it explains everything so well. And I think that's it. We're going to talk about journalism today. And if you want to see an example of how to bring somebody into something in a, in a brilliant, uh, with na- a brilliant narrative, uh, that's the show to watch. Harman, we're going to talk about everything today from mental health issues in the newsroom to LGBTQI plus representation. Um, But before we get too serious, we have a game for you. Um, And those who don't know you probably don't know that you're kind of competitive. I I would say that, yeah. I've I've Mm. never lost. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, our our very sneaky producers, Tando and Greya, have put together a series of I'm going to say nearly impossible sounds. Uh, We're going to play them for you and um, you're going to tell us what you think okay. they are. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I'm, I'm prepared. Sound one. Here it is. Was that Whoa. all? All right. I think those were all, <laughs> the, all the sounds. I all of them. Somebody is eating their teams. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it again. So now, Hadman, you've got to, you got to, yeah. I don't know, think, write, yeah, type. Yeah. How yeah. many sounds can you identify? Oh, okay. 
Gefällt dir mal eins? Is that nine? This, the first one and the last one sound the same. I'm All right, say, let's, let's give you one more shot, one more listen, and then we'll tell you what's what. Yeah, I got nine again. <laughs> Am I right? All right, let's hear it. What? What, well, it's, there, there are 10 sounds, uh, oh, so that's sounds. pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first one is a, is a bite out of something. Uh, I'll give it to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a slurp of coffee somewhere. Oh my gosh, spot on. Um, yeah, two out of 10. There was, um, is it, was it Skype? Is it a Skype call? Is it there? Close. A Zoom call. You, no, come on, we use it every day. Uh, teams. Is it was a team. I'm pretty sure it was teams. Team yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, thing, finger stepping on a table. Wow, yes. Uh, typing. You're four out of ten. Yes. Um, a door opening. A door screeching. Something with a door. No. Uh, floor. Oh, a wooden floor. Kind of close. Um, a drawer, opening a drawer. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Um, and, that, and that's what I've got. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not bad. I'm, I'd say you've got six out six? of ten. Okay, okay. Yeah. Not bad. We were, we were listening to a squeaky chair, and that's, okay. that's oh, yeah, squeaky. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. A printer. When was the last time oh, you printed anything? <laughs> yeah. <But> exactly. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, Yeah, pre-COVID. Um, that, that annoying colleague who's drinking something ah. and slurping something, that, you got that one. Um, somebody crunching on chips yeah. really loudly. Yeah. A loud kicking pen. Oh, yes, the pen. I heard the big. Typing. Typing, got it. Typing on a table. A heavy breather. Oh. We all work with one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and a team's call. Oh. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, in your defense, seriously, when was the last time somebody printed anything? Right. I'm, I'm going to give that one to you. I don't mm. I, I Actually, my, my laptop is not even connected to the printer anymore. <laughs> no, nor was mine. In fact, IT emailed me the other day and they were like, hey, we need to set you up to the printer. And I just mailed back to say, but why? <laughs> why? But um, let's, let's throw it back to the days where we did print stuff. Mm. And that's when uh, when we started our careers as young, scrappy journalists. Mm-hmm. You started out. Um, in fact, I'm going to let you tell the story because you are currently the lifestyle editor, but you started out in a very small town on a completely different beat. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, I started out my career at a community, newspa- a community newspaper in Potchefstroom called the Potchefstroom Herald. Um, I, I believe like community newspapers are a brilliant place to start a career as a journalist because basically you have to do everything. Uh, you have to go write your story, sub your story, uh, do the layout for your story, do the own photos and captions for your story. And sometimes you even have to do 
the 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 posters on the on the on the on the on the lampposts. So um, yeah, I started out as a as a crime reporter at the Bochastrum Herald, and for for two years I, I ran a beat that was pretty hardcore. Uh, that would take you. Um, right into the thick of things. Um, I learned how to build contacts um, with, with, with people in the industry and um, kind of build my career from there. And after two years of, of doing uh, crime reporting, I felt ready to move to the big city. Um, I wanted to, um, you know, expand my career a bit. And back then, um, they had an Afrikaans version of uh, News 24, it was called Nis Virantunach. And it was, it was basically like a... Back in the yeah, day. It was like a translation, translated version of News 24. And that was before the, the time of Network Virantunach. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I applied for the job in, uh, at Nis Virantunach and um, uh, got it and moved to Cape Town with my little red golf and my um, spaniel and I didn't know anybody here. Um, and kind of had to start my career in Cape Town um, in, in the digital sphere. So uh, back then, digital was, uh, it was, it was a speckle in, 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 in our industry. It was, it was where stuff would go that there wasn't space for in print. Um, so I, I was kind of, you know, in the stepchild uh, uh, part of, of the industry back then. And um, I, um, Looking back now, uh, that was brilliant uh, because I got to grow up with uh, online publishing as it grew and as it got bigger and as 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 it expanded. Um, so yeah, it, you know when you when you are with something from the origin and you you grow with it, uh, there's a kind of in-depth uh, knowledge and and kind of head start that you get. Um, and through that, I moved on to be the digital editor at Heskunet U at Drum. Uh, I went after that, I was the, uh, the online editor at Channel 24, uh, which is uh, South Africa's largest entertainment uh, news platform. And then I moved over to News 24's lifestyle division, where I'm currently at. Uh, I look after, like I said earlier, all the all the feel-good news on News 24, everything that enriches life, um, be it entertainment, books, uh, health-related issues, motoring. Um, those sections all fall under me. I mean, honestly, Havan, you and I have been with Media 24 for so long now. They, <laughs> they might as well put a ring on it. Absolutely, you know? <laughs> absolutely. 15 years this year for me. Gosh, yeah. yeah, I'm on, what are we, 2022, I'm on 12 years with wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. If Ish- Ishmet Davidson, if you're listening to this, <laughs> Harman and I need a, a big sparkly diamond, oh, one yeah. each. Yes, yes, uh, please Ishmet. Oh, I'm going to find him in the <laughs> left and he's going to kill me for this. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Harman, the, the cool thing about this is that um, 15 years ago, you could have never envisioned this career that you plotted for mm. yourself. but. That's really the beauty of journalism, mm-hmm. digital journalism at the moment, that the possibilities are just completely endless. And in addition to that, you've managed to foster a culture um, and a, a real workplace environment that mm-hmm. is inclusive and mm-hmm. happy. 
And that's not something that I think um, many people could have said of their newsrooms environments 15 years ago. Mm, absolutely, Jerisha. It's uh, the newsroom, the modern newsroom, is a very different place uh, to the to the old newsroom. I, uh, I remember. Oh, I wonder if I can say this. I remember when, when I was the crime reporter. Obviously, I, I smoked back then because like all crime reporters smoke, you know. Uh, Obviously. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so. I, I mean, and did you have a, a little bottle of whiskey in your top drawer? Listen, because apparently that's what... That's, yeah, I was, yeah. uh, so we used to smoke in the in the archive room, which is just like... So, 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 so horrible <laughs> to admit at this. But back then, it wasn't frowned upon, you know. We had like this little building anyway um and today uh if i look at the newsroom today it's just this uh and we're here in the mothership uh, as i like to call her the the, the beautiful media 24 building uh, in cape town and it's a modern newsroom and uh, actually i was talking to somebody the other day um that just joined our newsroom and they said this is actually a very young team uh, the, 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 this is a very young newsroom and I, I looked around and I realized that that's true. Um, this newsroom is, is the, the young generation, the digital savvy kind of, you know, uh, age of journalism where we, I'm, I'm, I'm 37 and I get to be an editor of uh, massive uh, one of the, the biggest news platform in in South Africa, the, the lifestyle section, and I have a, t- a huge team that that I can get to work with, and the dynamic is is very different uh, because I don't want to tell them what to do. I want them to tell me what what's happening and 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 what it is that they want to do, because at the end of the day, that's going to be that's going to deliver the best product. You're listening to the Beyond the Byline podcast, and we're speaking to Harman Ilov, who's the lifestyle editor at News24. Harman, you spoke to us about the, the move to the big city, to Cape Town mm-hmm. from Poch, which was, in addition to being completely transformative to your career, it was transformative to your personal life too. Um, but I want, I want you to tell that story. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Um... So, uh, to give, to, just to give uh, the listeners or listener, maybe, I don't know, I don't know how many people can tune in. Uh, but I mean, both of our mothers are listening, <laughs> so listen, listeners. <laughs> yeah. I grew up, I grew up very conservative, uh, in a very conservative Christian uh, household. So, you know, being gay was not, uh, it wasn't uh, even an option. It wasn't something that I could be. And I was, uh, I was one of those uh, kids that really just wanted to please everybody and wanted to, you know, be the best in academics, be the best in, be, be, you know, sing in the choir, do everything that I needed to do. I had to be the best. Uh, win a debate, you know, that type of thing. Um, so I didn't want to disappoint anybody uh, when I started realizing that, you know, um, I'm not so sure about my sexuality. So I, I, I kept it under wraps for a, for a long time, even while I studied. Um, I studied in, in Poch uh, at the Northwest University. Uh, back then it was called the Poch Sturm University for Christian Higher Education. So um, yeah, I mean, a, a great campus, great university. Um, but I, I, you know, I was very much in, in the closet. Um, but when I moved to Cape Town, I didn't know anybody here. 
and there was an opportunity for me to really just embrace who I am, to really just be myself and uh, to introduce myself to new people as the most authentic me that I could possibly be. Um, and I came out uh, as gay um, in my mid-twenties, uh, about 10 years ago now. And when I came out, it was it wasn't it wasn't like here I am I'm gay. I was I was I was still very much shy about it. I um, I was still very much uh, aware of people's perceptions of uh, the LGBTQ community, and I was I was scared, to be honest. Um, so I kind of just kept it to myself. I used to I remember telling people like, oh my my sexuality is nobody's business, uh, and that's fine. I think that's also a choice that you have. Uh, but now, 10 years later, I have realized the power of embracing my sexuality, of being an out and proud queer person and being there so that the young Hadman who is in high school and is not sure about what he's going through, do you see somebody who is working in a national newsroom and can just be openly gay? and uh, be accepted and be part of, part of a, 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 a normal newsroom without it having to be an issue. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's, what, that's what Cape Town did for me and, and the, the move here. I mean, there are two sides to this, right? Mm. Because on the one hand, you are able now mm-hmm. um, to create an incredible environment for young people to come in and live their truth and be themselves, mm. which is something that 15 years ago you might not necessarily, well, actually you wouldn't have had. No. But on the other hand, it also gives you an incredible perspective to tell South Africans' stories mm-hmm. because that's what you and your teams do day in and day out. You grapple with stuff uh, that's sometimes heavy and sometimes joyful and uh, sometimes complicated and sometimes funny. Mm. Um, but now you're able to do that from a different perspective too, which is so important, right? We we really can't just have, um, you know, straight white men <laughs> telling it. the stories of, of, of our entire country. But you fostered a newsroom where that's, that's not the case at all and, and that must be so cool I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm extremely privileged uh, to be able to be in this position where I had the opportunity uh, to put together a team that could be so diverse that could have different perspectives on life that could bring something from every point of view um, you, you know uh, I I I have to acknowledge and and um, be aware of the fact that I have a privilege as a as a as a as a white male. Um, and what do I do with that? Uh, I'm I, I'm not going to turn that into something that that's a guilt that I uh, carry with me or something that I feel I should hide and and not accept. I think uh, embrace it and then turn it into to the power to bring the change that, that we need to create the opportunities uh, to give people a chance to to give people a platform to be able to tell their stories uh, if 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 there's a story about uh, somebody who's 
transgender, I, I want somebody in the newsroom who can understand that, who can talk to me about that, who can um, share an authentic uh, perspective that I, as a, a, a gay male, don't, don't have. Um, so diversity in the newsroom, in every form, is, is so important for me. And I, I, I really hope that, that I just get to expand on this more and more as, as our newsroom grows. Yeah, you will. I know you will. Um, we mentioned just in passing when we started that I have the privilege of knowing you. I've known you for many years. <laughs> We've worked together in the newsroom. Yeah. And uh, I guess if, if, if somebody asked me, like, tell me tell me something about Harman. I think the thing that really has struck me and continues to stay with me about you for all the years I've known you is that you are one of the people, one of the few people um, who can handle complexity with grace. Um, and I see that in your work and in your personal life, that on any given day, you deal with so many different people. You deal with different beats, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a health editor reporting into you uh, entertainment editor you deal with cycling you deal with books you um, you deal with a lot of, of different beats professionally but on a personal level in your personal life I, I just find your capacity to hold both beauty and heartache uh, together just you know it's it's really striking to me you you can handle complexity with grace. That's that's what I'd say about you. That is, um, I, I think that's the kindest thing ever, anybody has, has ever said to me, and it it really means a lot. Thank you. I um, no, it's it's true. I I think the thing for me is if we want, if we're going through, and we 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 as as a as a country, we as a collective, we we're going through hectic uh, stuff, and it feels like it's just piling up. And uh, sometimes we go into this survival mode. And um, I think the thing for me is to have that moment of being present, where I can just understand what is happening right now. In other words, if I have to. Uh, I have to run a newsroom in a day with different content coming in, being present in that moment and knowing that, okay, this is this is my end goal. This is where I want to go. I want to put out quality lifestyle news. And then going to the experts. I, I, I don't see myself as a lifestyle expert. Uh, as a lifestyle expert, I mean, that's that's why I have somebody like Sean who's the books editor and, and, and Lance is the cycling editor and just tapping into into their expertise and then bringing it into the to the, the News 24 environment where we can then give it to the audience in a way that that it seems effortless almost um, we, we we can do more uh, when we tap into the expertise and the, the strong points of the people around us. And that is what brings us the balance. That's, that's the thing at the end of the day that, that, that helps us to get through it. Um, because we will never be able to do it on our own, I think. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think coming, you know, 
out of the pandemic where we were forced mm. to be isolated for so long. It's, it's so good to start slowly rebuilding these communities around us. And I'm, I'm finding that particularly powerful myself. Um, you know, Herman, I, again, going back to this um, grace and complexity theme that I feel is very fitting to you. Um, you know, another example outside of your professional life mm. is in your being quite outspoken about managing your own mental health. Yes. Um, and something that I, I believe you feel quite strongly about. So do, do you want to chat to us a bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, with, with something like, uh, like my sexuality, um, you know, when you suppress something for that long and you kind of deny yourself the opportunity to truly be who you are, um, it causes uh, complexities in in your uh, in your inner self. Uh, it, it there's a there's a you know a traumatic kind of experience that you go through, pretending to be somebody else and never being able to just fully embrace yourself, and with that comes uh, mental health issues. And uh, as a result of the fact that I, um, you know, uh, struggled with my sexuality and being open with it, um, I I suffered greatly um, in, in 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 my mental health. Um, until I decided that I need help. And again, it comes to that thing where I can't do this by myself. Um, so I, I went to go see a psychiatrist and uh, she, she uh, diagnosed me and was able to help me. Um, she then put me on medication um, and then I also see a um, psychologist um so with 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 what i've been given is the tools to to fight uh, my bat my battle with depression um uh, because it's real and uh something that i've realized is it's not something that uh you you drink uh your meds in the morning and it's gone it's it's a constant battle um and the kind of freedom that I found with being able to talk openly about my sexuality has uh, seeped into my ability to speak openly about my struggles with mental health and depression. Um, I feel that by talking about depression and my own mental health issues, by sharing that I'm taking medicine to help me, that by saying, oh, I'm running out of the office, I'm going to my shrink, um, by normalizing it, by, by, by bringing it into the everyday, um, it takes away these stigmas that we have around it. It, it, it kind of just, it, it just is. And, and I, I'm gonna, uh, it, uh, this, this is not me name dropping, but <laughs> I interviewed Taika Waititi this week. He's the, um, you know, the- You are allowed <laughs> to name drop that. <laughs> the, the, so Taika, the, 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 the director of, of Thor Love and Thunder, that, that obviously this is the reason I interviewed him. And um, one of the things that really stood out for me in the film is that there's uh, queer and um, uh, gay characters in the film. And but they never come out in a oh this is my big coming out moment or here's the monologue about I'm a gay character in a Marvel movie. They 
just exist in this Marvel universe and they are just accepted. So I spoke to Taika about it and he said that for him, it was important to normalize it, to have all these people watch the film and see that these gay characters are just characters like all the other characters. They have their same battles, they have their same issues, um, and there's no need for them to have this coming out. If, 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 if coming out can, can be something of the policy, it will be the greatest day for me because I think that's, it's like, it, it's, it's, I feel like it's so difficult to have to come out and announce it. And, and, and I'm always have to say that I had to come out with my depression as well. I had to tell people that I am depressed and um, that I'm dealing with it. And again, there's stigmas around that and, and, and a society views it in a certain way. So the more I can talk about it, the more I can use platforms like this podcast, the more I can use News24's um, platform, the more I can normalize these topics and bring it into everyday conversations, the, the better it's going to be for everybody uh, that is struggling with this quietly uh, by themselves. Yeah, that is so powerful. And I think mental health issues in the newsroom for a long time um, were ignored, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because journalists were supposed to have this persona of Absolutely. being tough, having it all together. And when you realize exactly what our reporters deal with mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis, um, and sometimes the online harassment and bullying that comes with putting yourself out there, sharing your story, putting yourself in a video to report. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is, it's really unacceptable. Um, you know, I, uh, in, in a previous life, uh, worked with you in the newsroom mm -hmm. and was a video reporter for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the types of things that people felt were acceptable mm -hmm. to say, um, it was just disgusting. Absolutely. And having recently chatted to um, Karen Morn and Juanita Hunter in the newsroom, um, they're, they're equally feeling the toll of um, just personal attacks and bullying online, which of course severely impacts um, you know, the mental health of our reporters. Aaron, do you think that we are getting closer to a place of kindness online? <laughs> I mean, I, I, what do you think? I mean, I, I, that's the ultimate dream to have that yeah. space where, where we have kindness, but even when I was asked to do this, uh, this behind the byline series, uh, my first instinct was no, because I don't want to expose myself to to what people are going to say online. Um, you know the the kind of harassment that goes with that. I in 2020 closed my Facebook account because I was getting death threats in my inbox for the content that I was writing. Um, I. I think social media um, is a space where people can kind of throw this anonymous uh, attacks at journalists, at people, at anyone really, and get away with it um, because they're doing it anonymously behind uh, a, a blank profile kind of um, thing. and. 
yes i absolutely agree with you there's i have seen more dead people in my career than i think the average person will see in a lifetime um i've heard the most uh, horrendous words hurled at me from people who uh, feel like it's okay to tell somebody that i wish your mother killed you at birth that that is that is emails that come to your inbox um and to to be aware of that oh, the, the other day we were in a in a session and we spoke about second second hand trauma so if i if i pitch up on a scene where there was just an accident obviously the pe- the people that were in the accident are experiencing this trauma but i as a bystander somebody that comes onto the scene i'm experiencing this second hand but that impact is still there there's still uh, there's still uh, stuff that i have to deal with and that is why it is so important uh, to have a newsroom where where we can just open up this conversation we have a, a session with at news 24 uh, called uh, the monthly check-in and it is all the editors around the table and we just talk about personal stuff we mention one good thing and one bad thing in our life and then we discuss it with each other and i i can't imagine that happening 10 15 years ago um but we are there we're getting there we are listening and we are improving and and we are learning and i think you know as millennials move up and we get gen z coming in there we are the generations who like to talk and who like to say what we feel we don't just agree and go along with it we want to understand it i um i think that's important understanding it not just agreeing for the for the for the sake of agreeing You're listening to the Beyond the Byline podcast and we're speaking to Harman Ilof who's the lifestyle editor at News24 Yeah, let's um let's stay here for a little bit mm. for um media leaders mm. listening in on this podcast. Um I think that's a very powerful mechanism, mm. a, a monthly check-in. Um so you say you do one one thing positive, yeah. something that's making you happy, something that's making you sad and and this is all it's personal stuff. It's, yeah. it's got nothing to do with the diary or the news cycle. No, and, and obviously our, our, a lot of our lives are influenced by the news um and the news cycle, but um you know we we have our daily diary every morning um at 9:30 to 10:30 where we just sit and discuss the news. That's an hour of being exposed to everything that is happening. Yeah. And that is a lot of secondhand trauma. And then we have the session where we can go and sit and we can be like yeah i'm not feeling this good i mean it was one in deep one of these check-in sessions where i was like i'm i'm actually going on medication now uh, because i've reached that point where it helps me and i'm i'm not shy about talking about that um and i mean and and a kudos here to to Adrian Bassona editor in chief who has created uh um uh, a newsroom where we are able i am able to say to him that i am going through something that is a depressive episode and him understanding it and him telling me to 
to take the time to look after myself. Um, not saying just like, you know, work through it. He, he, he really cares and follows up and makes sure you're okay. Um, and, and that is, that is, that is what we need uh, in the modern newsroom. Yeah, I, I think the message that I really want to highlight here is that this this newsroom is not a magical unicorn. Mm. It, you can create it mm. um, for your teams. Mm. You can create safe spaces for journalists um, or for any anybody experiencing a, a career with secondhand trauma. You know, it it can be a place that is kind and collaborative and. Humane, yeah, really. Yeah, where we, we care about our people. Exactly, and I think this uh, this kind of idea that a newsroom has to be all like, uh, you know, uh, shut up and just do it and get your things out and run. And I, I think that's something that maybe exists in the movies, but uh, these days I think there's a lot more value in looking after the people that are in your team because if they're happy. Um, they're going to produce the best work that they can produce because they are thriving, um, and and that's your job as well as the editor or the manager. You have to make sure that your team is okay, and if they're not, you have to help them to get there. No, absolutely. Now I want to talk about Taika. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you've actually been so blessed in your career. Mm-hmm. You've been able to travel and you've been able to speak to some pretty impressive people. Um, the latest of whom is Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm obsessed with him. I think, I think everyone's obsessed Absolutely. with him at the moment. What, was he um, was he among your favorite interviews, or who was your favorite interview? Tell us. You know, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 it's it's always difficult to 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 kind of select your your favorite. But I mean, Taika was absolutely amazing. I walked out of uh, my interview and I, w- I felt like I was floating for a bit, just like pure joy. He is a uh, absolute gentleman he is the kindest guy we were talking we were actually talking about like like i said the lgbtq issue and um my time was running up because you have very limited time when you speak to these uh high profile celebrities and he was like don't worry i'm gonna take my time and we're gonna finish this conversation and i appreciated that so much because i wasn't just another journalist in the queue that he quickly wanted to talk about there was a topic that was of interest to him and he really wanted to give me a great answer um but i think uh you know what stands out is my first interview ever uh, well not my first interview ever but my first ever big a uh, big interview was with Jennifer Aniston, and um, I met her in London uh, for the oh, casual yeah, happen, you know, just you, you know. know. When I flew to London back then, <laughs> we could fly to all over the world. Uh, I don't know if you remember that time. Thank <laughs> uh, you. So yeah, I went to London. Uh, it was uh, horrible. Bosses was the flick she was in, and uh, I met her in real life, and I. I just kept trying to keep my cool. We did the interview, and then at the end of the interview, I was like, "This was my first time." And she was like, 
what? This was your... And she literally grabbed me by both hands. I'll never forget it. And she's like, you did so good. And I melted. And in that moment, I stood up and I hit my head on the lights that were set up (laughs) above me. And she was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was just (laughs) red in the face. But it was, again... Um, you know, you, you you see these people on TV and 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 you kind of think about them and like imagine what it's like meeting them and you do and they they're always just people like us I find um, and I've touch wood never had uh, to encounter anybody that that was that was not what I expected them to be so I'm lucky. <laughs> That that is the best Jennifer Aniston story uh, ever. No, right? And and I'm like the biggest Friends fan, and I know. I and I meet Jennifer Aniston. I was insane. Um, let's um, let's wrap this up because you and I are just going to talk for like five hours, oh, yeah. and absolutely, and then yeah, our producers are going to yell at us. But I want to hear a little bit about uh, Harvan's bucket list. Let's do. Um person that you want to interview Mm. the place that you want to go Mm -hmm. and the thing that you want to experience Mm -hmm. the person you want to interview okay that's so easy i i think you can answer that one Uh, wait 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 (laughs) can i can i get can i get five thousand rand if the answer is Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I mean... Why? Why Jake? I, I just think that Jake Gyllenhaal... Like, I've got so much respect for him as an actor. I think his career and his, uh, his uh, filmography is absolutely amazing. He makes great choices. Sure, there was one that we shall not name that wasn't maybe the best choice. But I, I think he, he's so great at, at, the, at the, um, the films he chooses, the roles he takes on. And I just think he's like a cool guy. I'm a little bit obsessed with him. Mm. So if I ever get... I only... I only realized or found out recently that he can sing. Yes. Too. Yes. He did, he did Broadway. Uh, or... or um, uh, yeah, yeah, he he he, he is uh, legit, uh, legit uh, stage and um, and and theatre actor as well. Yeah, so definitely Jake Donnell is who I uh, would like to interview. Where I'd like to go um, is Morocco. I have uh, I would I would love to go to Morocco. I think it's one of those destinations where you can. I, I love the beauty of it. Uh, the, it's kind of a, a minimalist beauty. I do love minimalism, um, and I feel like I, I. I don't know. It's it's something that I, that I feel like I need to go to. Um, so uh, it's calling me. Um, I think I need a few nights in the desert and a tent. Um, That'd be amazing. Uh, make it happen. I'm gonna make Do it, it happen. I'm gonna make it happen. Mm. And the one thing I would like to experience, hmm. um, you know, like you say, I've been really, really lucky to have a career that uh, that takes me all over the world, and um, I, I have to, I have to tell you about this. So I. I did a story for Traveller 24 where I got to go to Las Vegas. So if you had to tell me I had to do any place in the world, Las Vegas would never be on my bucket list. Um, 
but I had the most amazing time in Las Vegas. So we arrived, we we were driven around in a limo, we stayed at the Bellagio. Um, oh man, that is cool. We took a helicopter ride into the Grand Canyon and had lunch there and then flew back over um, Las Vegas. And I'll never forget the song that was playing. Uh, on on in the helicopter was Viva Las Vegas by Elvis Presley, and oh, that was that was just one of those moments. So I'd love to experience something like that again, where I am completely and utterly surprised by something that I never expected I'd want to do. Um, so I'm putting that out in the universe. Uh, if it can send me a surprise, I would I would love that. Do you know what mine is? Mm. And I just feel like it would be totally wasted on my husband, bless him, but not wasted on you. So we should totally okay. do this together. Okay. I want to go and see the Rockettes <gasps> at Christmas time at, what is it, Radio City Hall yes. in New York? Yes. Can Jerisha. you even fathom it, Harman? Jerisha, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. We're going to go. We're going to go. We need to make this happen. Uh, Just think about it. Like the huge tree and Rockefeller Center all lit up. Yeah. And then we go and we watch the most precise dances, (laughs) kill it on stage to Christmas music. That is my dream. That is heaven to me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make it happen. Good. It's a date. Maybe maybe Ishmet can send us. Yes, Ishmet. <laughs> if you're still listening, I think he stopped halfway through. Yeah, he, I doubt he's, he's still listening. He stopped. He stopped. Um, for those of you wondering, Ishmet is the CEO of Media Twenty Four. So Harman and I are potentially in big trouble <laughs> after this. Ah, he's cool. He's cool. He's not too bad. <laughs> nah, he's great. This was the um, Beyond the Byline podcast mm-hmm. with Harman Yelov. Haman, thank you so much for joining us. I'm just so grateful. Teresha, I'm so happy I got to spend an hour with you. Thank you. And send my love there. I will. I'm in in Joburg. You're in Cape Town. Yes. But um, hopefully we get to see each other soon. We will. Okay, bye. Bye, guys.